Hey everybody, welcome back to the Shutter Button Podcast. I'm your host, James R. Zygmunt. Today is Wednesday, March 20th, 2019. How are you? How are you doing? You doing good? You out there shooting some photography? I hope so. Well, today I want to revisit a part of the very first episode that I did in which I spoke about building your first kit and making that, you know, that very important first major purchase. And today I really want to get down and I want to get a little more granular and talk to you about purchasing lenses specifically. I think there is, uh, at least when it comes to purchasing new equipment, a lot of photographers, and I've talked about this a little bit as well, um, and it applies to me just as much, suffer from something known as gear acquisition syndrome. I think I've spoken about it in a blog post before, um, but to get to the essence of it, it really comes down to being a very tech-savvy individual, being a very equipment-savvy individual, seeing press releases from companies like Nikon and Sony and Canon, and getting excited whenever there's a new announcement or a new release about some kind of new lens or some new tech, some new camera body, something new. And oftentimes, with the way that technology is, new things tend to be very expensive. It is also my personal belief that when companies are iterating on a particular piece of equipment, and I think in this case we're specifically talking about camera equipment, between generations, I don't think there is enough overall improvement to really justify making a brand new purchase. I think in some situations, it's definitely applicable depending on what it is that you're actually buying. But I think in general, when it comes to things like a new lens or a new camera body, you really need to be uh, considerate of your budget, of your goals, of what your um, current uh, work is. I think that it's really important to think very, very carefully before you spend a lot of money on a new lens that may or may not be the uh, the answer that you're looking for. Uh, so what I want to talk about first, really, is what are your goals as a photographer? Um, I think that it's really important to sit down and ask yourself, what are my goals in the short term and the long term, what am I looking to be doing in a month from now? And what am I looking to be doing in a year or two from now? Do I want to open up a studio? Do I want to be doing travel photography? Do I want to be working as an assistant with another studio? There are so many different possibilities and it can get overwhelming sometimes. But I do think it would be very, very helpful to you. And it would definitely serve you in your purchasing to sit down and just do a short roadmap of what you think you want to be doing or what you can see yourself realistically doing within the next few years. I think that once you have a beat on what it is that you want to be doing, it can start to inform your purchasing habits a little bit more so you're not just going in blind without a long-term goal in mind or a short-term goal, but at least you're going in with a little more forethought and you're, you're really being conscious about your purchasing decisions. It's very, very easy to get swept up into the marketing hype. It's very easy to get swept up in the new technology and, you know, spend multiple thousands of dollars on technology that you may not really, really need. You may think that it may be the answer to what uh, you're quote unquote missing in your photography, but it may very just as easily may not. So I think having a little bit more, uh, you know, thought 
put into the purchasing decision is really the perspective that I'm trying to come at this from. Next up, as I uh, so very often do in these podcast episodes, uh, the next thing that we have to discuss is the budget that you have. And it really comes down to how much money do you have to spend realistically on your photography? Are you generating revenue with your photography and you want to reinvest into your business or your hobby? Then that opens you up to more possibilities than if you're just doing this as a hobby and not generating any kind of income from your photography. If you are working a full-time job to support your photography, it's also a different story. It depends on your economic situation. It depends on realistically how much you can budget for yourself. And budgeting is a very, very tough thing to do. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's really, really important to make sure that you know how much money that you can actually spend in a month or in a week and how much money you can save for a larger purchase if that's what you're looking to do. But I do think it really, really comes down to being mindful about your financial situation and just knowing how much can I save, how much can I spend in one in one sitting, in one purchase. You do not want to be in a situation, and I've spoken about this before, you do not want to be in a situation where you are taking out lines of credit to finance a hobby that is not generating any income. You need to have something that can support your hobby, and that's either a full-time job or your regular income or income from your photography business. But you cannot sustain if you are making these large purchases and not having a way to pay it back. One of the best pieces of advice that I've heard over and over and over again, and I practice as regularly as possible, is to never buy things on credit and only buy it if you have the money to spend right then and there without it significantly impacting the rest of your financial situation. And I think that is just another component to take into consideration when you are making a large purchase such as a new lens or a new body or some kind of new equipment that you're buying that's generally very expensive. Next up, uh, we can actually talk about something that's a little more fun other than just long-term goals and budgets. I think, you know, those are two very, very important pieces of the overall purchasing puzzle. But there is another thing that I have not spoken about yet, and it is a bit related to the first point of what are your goals, and that is what is it that you want to shoot? And this is a little more of a creative exercise is a little more down to earth, very much realistic way of figuring out what is the ideal lens for you. And is this really the lens that you need to buy right now? Is it the lens that you want to have so you can shoot a specific type of subject? I think it's really just equally important to sit down and say, okay, this is what I want to shoot. Either it's something I'm shooting now or something that I want to be shooting in the future. And this is going to play a major role in determining what lens you buy and what lens is the absolute best fit for you when you're doing your research. And it will also help you steer away from some of the choices that may look very appetizing, but realistically won't help you when you're shooting a particular type of subject. For example, and this is a bit of a, I would like to say maybe a little bit of an outlier situation, but say for example, you read an article on macro photography, and maybe you're not a macro photographer. And in this hypothetical article, 
you see some astounding images, some amazing shots that you are just thrilled with. And they look absolutely stellar to the point where you are looking up the lens that it was shot with and are looking up price tags right now. But in this hypothetical scenario, maybe you are a portrait photographer or maybe you're a travel photographer. And this is not meant to dissuade anyone from trying out new subjects or trying out new genres or styles of photography, but it is to try and pull you back and ground your decision making a little bit more in reality, just to really, really, as a second sanity check to ask yourself, okay, in three years, in one year, in six months, am I going to be shooting macro photography that is... Uh, you know, returning on the investment of $1,600. Just as a, an example, am I really going to be using this lens so much that it influences my photographic experience and my photographic style at a value of $1,600? Will it do this for me? And I think this goes for any major tech purchase, this is something that I try to practice regularly with major purchases in general, you really cannot fall into the trap of, you know, now that we have the age of instant gratification, you can't fall into the trap of just reaching out and spending a large sum of money, unless you absolutely can, in which case, if you're financially stable enough, and you have enough expendable income that you could just throw away $1,600, by all means, go for it. But if you're just a hobbyist or an amateur and you're just starting out and you really have a, a basic kit together, it's it's very much financially irresponsible to spend that kind of money that quickly without putting in the the thought and the the forethought of am I really going to get the value out of this out of the sixteen hundred dollars that I'm spending? Am I really going to be using this to the fullest of potential? If in this situation, the hypothetical scenario, if I buy the $1,600 macro lens, but I really only want to shoot portrait photography, am I getting a return on the investment in either income generated by the lens or through experience? And I think through experience is a bit of a vague measurement to go by. It's something that is different for everybody. And also, when I mentioned the portrait photographer versus the macro lens just now, I do think I may have uh, misspoke. I do think that lenses have interchangeable uses. Just because it has a label doesn't mean you have to use it for that. Um, that may not be the best example, but it is what I am trying to draw a direct comparison between the, the lens and the ideal of the lens, the concept of what you want to do with this lens after you buy it or what kind of photographer you'll become after you buy it versus the reality of the situation, which may be that you don't see the full value of the lens. You don't use all of its features. You don't use all of its functionality. And in a situation like that, you may be looking at something else two years down the line and you could say, well, why didn't I just buy this lens, this other lens that works perfectly fine without all of the macro fixings. And I think that is something that is really, 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 important to consider. And that is to ask yourself very, 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 very seriously. And this, you know, this is a multi piece puzzle. There is a multi-step approach to this, 
But the question that you need to ask yourself very seriously is, do I really need to buy this new lens? And this is, I know it's a, it's a heartbreaking question, especially when you're buying new gear, because it's so fun to window shop. It's so fun to look at the new tech, to look at the new gear, to see all of the possibilities fill your head when you see a, a new piece of technology or equipment. And it's so heartbreaking to try to bring yourself back into reality and take yourself out of the daydreaming aspect of it. And to really go, you know what? I don't actually need this lens. I don't. Um, and definitely if you've hyped yourself up, and I've done this plenty of times, if you hype yourself up on a piece of equipment that you think is going to change your photography life forever and it doesn't pan out or, you know, you hype yourself up on a piece of equipment and then you ground yourself back in reality and you think about the actual situation, the actual scenarios that you'll be using the equipment in. And then you think, or what is the difference that this lens is going to make in my, in my kit? What difference is this lens going to make in my photography, in the end product? It's a very tricky thing to consider. And I think with new technology, they're always coming out with, you know, copywriters are always inventing these new terms, these new brand names, these new trademarks. And it's very easy to get swept up in the idea that this is some kind of groundbreaking, life-changing feature that you absolutely cannot live without. And if you do not have this feature, your photography will suffer. And I think that is a very toxic approach. It's a very unhealthy approach to financial decisions because it, it, it drives purchases uh, on impulse and fear of missing out it's this idea that if i don't buy this right now i'm going to fail as a photographer and it's a very very unfortunate thing that so many artists and so many photographers and not just photographers like i said artists so many people suffer from and it is very unfortunate that this is such a prevalent problem but thankfully people can talk about it and it's you know being mindful of the situation before you make the purchase is really it's a skill that takes time and it takes practice and it takes effort but once you nail it your financial decisions will feel much more secure and sound and reasonable and uh, the term that i like to use in the podcast sometimes is actionable and i think that is very loosely connected to this if you make a sound financial decision when it comes to purchasing a new piece of equipment that decision allows you to take actionable steps if you've gone through all the forethought and you've really really considered do i need this gear and if the answer is yes you are able to take actionable steps with that gear you should be able to take actionable steps and use that equipment in a way uh, that you envisioned very very quickly after picking it up i think that if it is, uh, you know, if it's a sound financial decision and you've really done the thought, it will show itself as being beneficial right away. Now, if you are just past this previous question of do I really need to buy this new lens? And the answer is maybe either you don't have a definite decision or you just you, you haven't really decided whether or not you actually need it or you don't need it 
another question that you definitely need to ask yourself is, can I make do with the gear that I currently have? And I think this applies more to shooting specific subjects rather than styles or maybe having a new piece of functionality. But I think when it comes to approaching shooting certain subjects like landscapes or portraits, this, this question kind of comes in more handy. So asking yourself, can I make do with what I have is actually a very, uh, I would say a very financially sound question to ask yourself. If you have several different lenses at focal lengths, may, how about this? How about we say you have two lenses, right? You have a 50 millimeter prime and you have a kit zoom lens, which is very, very common these days. It's very, 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 very extremely common to start out with the kit lens, which is usually a zoom that is not the greatest quality, but it lets you zoom in and out on a DSLR or a mirrorless. Um, and a 50 millimeter prime, which are thankfully not very expensive and they're very, very versatile. Let's say you have these two lenses and you are excited, you are ecstatic about shooting landscape photography. However, the current zoom lens that you have doesn't really work. It doesn't have the quality that you need. It, it really feels cheap. It feels like a kit lens. It doesn't have the quality that you're expecting. Maybe your body's great, but the kit lens is just not doing it for you. And you don't really consider the 50 millimeter at the time to be a landscape lens. Let's say that that's the scenario that we're, that we're uh, imagining ourselves in. So naturally you start researching what is the best landscape lens and you find all these YouTube videos and articles and you start compiling a list of a few lenses that really, really look like the money makers. They really look like this is what the pros use for landscapes all the time. And you find three lenses and all of them are above $1,300. And you don't have a lot of money as a photographer. Let's say that you've looked at all three and you've looked at online photos some samples from other photographers of photos they've taken with the lens. That's actually something that I, I definitely recommend if you're making a purchase for any kind of new equipment. Take a look. Don't, don't, uh, don't try to disillusion yourself with the idea that this lens or this camera body is going to make you the best photographer ever. I very, very seriously recommend looking up sample images on Flickr or maybe on Amazon reviews of other photographers photography and some of their output and how they use how they use the lenses i guarantee you that you're going to see some very eye-opening images of people that just don't have all that much experience with photography but they ran out and they bought this lens and it suddenly you know it hopefully it clicks in at least it, ha it does for me whenever i'm buying something new that this particular piece of equipment just doesn't make you a better photographer. It might look better marginally compared to some other equipment, but overall it doesn't make you a better photographer. That comes down to time and experience and, you know, being open to learning, but that is a separate conversation for another day. But I, I very seriously invite you to look up other photographers sample work using that same equipment. And you should be able to get a better idea. You'll see a range. You will definitely see a range of some 
very astounding images. And then you will also see on the other side of that range, some very not astounding images. And I, I think that is a very eye-opening exercise to try and wipe away the disillusion that any one piece of gear will make you a better photographer. And I think that, you know, going back to our original scenario, you've got these three lenses and you've seen all the sample images. I think when you're looking at the sample images, really, really try to process what went into making this image the way that it is. What did they specifically do with this lens to get the end result? And I think if you try to think through some of the core fundamental steps of how they achieved a certain look or how they achieved a certain, uh, you know, aspect of the image, you, you know, a lot of it comes out of pro post-processing. So don't be super alarmed if, uh, if a photo looks absolutely incredible and stellar. There is always a bit of post-processing involved. Maybe not always, but I would say most of the time. Um, but look at how they composed the image. Look at how they prepared everything. Look at how they achieved a certain depth in the image. And think very, very seriously to yourself. Can I do this? Or not necessarily can I do this? How could I do this with what I currently have? And I think it, you know, technology makes certain things easier. But I do think asking yourself, could I do this with my 50 millimeter is a very, very helpful question. It also gets you to think more flexibly as a photographer. It lets you be a little more versatile. You don't have to carry as much equipment with you if you know how to achieve the same look with the same two different looks with the same lens. I think that if you look at an image of a beautiful landscape and you think, okay, where was this photographer standing? What kind of aperture did they shoot with? Oftentimes you'll be able to find that data. Um, what kind of shutter speed did they shoot with? What did they do with this lens that I could not do with my current lens? And sometimes that comes down to a matter of focal length or aperture or something that maybe there's a limitation on your current lens. But I, I guarantee you, you will be able to process some of the steps that they took and then apply it to the equipment that you already have. And I think that's a very valuable, helpful thing. Not only is it a good exercise to do, but it helps you really, really narrow down the, uh, you know, it helps you narrow down the decision of whether or not you actually really, really, really need this new equipment. I think this also opens up the conversation and the idea of working and improving your current technique when it comes to a specific type of subject. Let's say, for example, you're a portrait photographer and you regularly shoot portraits. One day you stumble upon a YouTube review or the press release or some kind of online article about a lens that the, that the author describes as the number one absolute best portrait lens out there. And you think, wow, this is going to improve my portrait photography tenfold if I buy this lens. My advice would be to be very, very careful and very considerate of thinking about the scenarios of where you would be using this lens. I think it's very often very easy, rather, to mask underlying issues with technique and processing with new technology. Sometimes new technology can kind of hide these, uh, these underlying little mistakes, these underlying little issues. I think it's probably much more useful 
instead of rushing to buy a new lens and to think it will improve and hide all of your mistakes, instead of trying to hide them, I think it's probably a much healthier exercise to sit down and if there's something in particular that you're not happy with in your images, to sit down and think, okay, what can I do to really change this without purchasing a new lens? I think when it comes to approaching technique or style, that is a very, very healthy thing to do because it helps you grow as a photographer. It helps you be more mindful about the decisions you're making while you're uh, shooting your photography. And it really, really helps you to integrate changes more naturally into your workflow and your shooting style without the necessity of spending a very, very large sum of money on something that's just going to mask and hide away the problems. I think it's a very easy solution to a difficult problem. And it's not easy to address your own mistakes. And it's very, 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 very difficult to try and, you know, change that and integrate that into your workflow. But I do think it is the healthier and uh, more disciplined choice than just going out and buying some new equipment, which will do more of that work for you without you really trying. Um, just uh, addressing one of the things that I spoke about earlier too, um, I think that when it comes to making do with what you have, it's also important to think about versatility if you are deciding to make a new purchase. If you have settled on purchasing a new lens for a specific style or specific subject, it might be useful to think, do I really, really specifically need a prime lens? Or am I open to purchasing a zoom lens? And I think this is a very important question as well. Um, and before I start talking about, you know, where to purchase and, and what to purchase and what to look for when purchasing. Um, but I think it this is definitely a useful question to ask yourself. I think it's very, very helpful to go and say, all right, I want to shoot portrait photography. But I also have a very big interest in landscape photography. I also have a very big interest in wildlife or event or sport photography. I think it is very limiting to jump to a prime lens the moment that you decide to buy a new lens. I think it's very, you know, there's definitely a stark quality change in general between prime and zoom lenses. Um, but that mostly comes from, you know, the, the amount of glass inside of the lens. But I do think, and, and in general, you know, it's not actually that stark, but I do think there is somewhat of a, of a difference. And uh, many photographers can, you know, they can sense when a, a, a shot was taken with too much distortion or too much glass, as it would be. Too many moving pieces. But uh, I think in general, it's often not that big of a difference. I think that you can get away with quite a few things if you're shooting on either prime or zoom. And I think if you're if you're looking specifically at a prime, consider a zoom lens because you have the option that the prime would give you. But you have other options open to you that you can play around with if you were looking to experiment, you're not locked to the one focal length. And I think that's definitely something valuable to consider as well. So now I just want to talk briefly on, you know, some more financial advice. If you are very determined to buy a new lens and you've chosen the lens that you want to purchase and you're very, very set on buying it, I would say there's a couple other things that you can consider without taking away the purchase. So 
uh, instead of just deciding I'm not going to buy this lens at all. I think it'd be very useful and it's very helpful to look at refurbished or used lenses. I think when it comes to used lenses, it might be a bit different. Uh, there's a bit of a drawback of you don't exactly know what kind of quality you're expecting. However, if you're buying a certified refurbished lens from say the, uh, the manufacturer, I think it's generally not a bad idea. It's not a bad alternative to buying a new lens. You're saving money and you're really not sacrificing that much quality. I think, you know, there may be a situation where you get a bad lens, you get a lemon, but generally speaking, I think it's very, very helpful to look at those options and you can see the price difference very, very clearly. Oftentimes it's in the multiple hundreds of dollars uh, the difference between buying a brand new lens versus a refurbished lens and for really not that much of a difference in quality. And then finally, you know, there's one other thing to, to consider and that's looking at previous year's releases of similar lens models. You don't always need to buy the current generation or the current year's lenses when you're looking to buy newer or refurbished. I think it's definitely useful to look at previous years. I mean, photographers have been getting by with uh, equipment that's decades old and they still manage to make some astounding photos. It's not necessarily the gear that's important, but the, the skill of the photographer. There is, there is a bit of the gear in it, obviously. But I think looking back at a few years, even, you know, even two or three years back, is not a bad practice when you're looking at lenses. I think if you're looking at lenses from two or three years ago that are similar models, similar apertures, similar uh, specs, it's generally not too big of a difference when you are looking at the, the lenses from today compared to the lenses from a few years ago. And the quality doesn't necessarily shift too much. I think when you're looking at different camera bodies from different generations, that shifts a little bit more dramatically. But I think in lenses in general, you don't see that kind of shift in quality as you do in bodies. So just to wrap up, um, I think when you're making some of these really, really, really expensive major uh, financial decisions when it comes to new equipment, I think you really need to ask yourself the, the following questions. What are my goals? What's my budget? What is it that I really want to shoot? What am I shooting now? Um, do I really, really need this new lens? And this, that's a big one. That's a really, really big one to pay attention to. And you have to be really serious with yourself. You can't just joke. You also have to ask yourself, can I make do with what I have? Um, is there something wrong with my technique that I'm just trying to overcompensate for or trying to mask? And then, you know, obviously, do I really need to buy new? Can I just buy refurbished? Can I just buy a couple of years old lenses? And I think those are the questions that you need to really, really sit down and ask yourself. The first few are a bit, you know, macro based, but I think the others are very, very, very much grounded in reality. And they're all different interconnecting pieces of the same puzzle. It's a conversation with yourself and your photography that you need to address from a very grounded, very serious point. You can't just make financial decisions um, in, the, in the multiple hundreds of dollars, multiple thousands of dollars just because you feel like you need something when in reality you don't. You can't just base it off of emotion all the time. And it's very, very easy to get sucked into the marketing hype. Anyway, that's all I had for today. Um, I hope that I was able to get across some of the 
you know, the importance of practicing good financial spending. When you're a photographer, as a hobbyist, as an amateur, even a business owner, it's very, very important to take all of these things into consideration. It's going to be a different answer in every situation. Um, and it's not uh, a clear cut idea always whether or not you really need a new lens or if you can just make do with what you have. So anyway, guys, I want to say thank you so, so, so much. I know thinking about these things can be a bit of a bummer. It can be a bit of a heartbreak, especially if you have your eyes set on a really beautiful piece of glass and, uh, you know, some guy online tells you, you can't buy that, you don't have the money or you don't need it. I think um, it's just it's just good to practice sound financial habits. And I don't want to come across as being overly negative or or saying you don't need this glass because you can as long as you have the skill you can do it. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. I it's just it comes down to making the right decisions for the right reasons. Anyway, I know I said anyway a few times now, but uh, thank you so much for listening. If you would like to see uh, you know some of my blog posts or some of my photography, you can always check it out at hiddencityphotos.com. Once again. My name is James R. Zygmunt, and I will be seeing you guys in the next episode of the Shutter Button Podcast. So stay tuned. Thanks, guys. And as always, I will see you in the very next episode. Bye.